we're asking, what should we as a church care about in this world? If God is a God of justice, if God cares about what is going on in our streets, in our lives, in our neighborhoods, and calls us to be loving and compassionate people, what issues should we care about? How can we be a river of justice? And so last week we had the very Reverend Bill Phipps in, and he spoke about truth and reconciliation, and that was amazing and so powerful. And this morning, I'm super excited once again, because I get to welcome my friend up today. Uh, This is Jillian Thompson. She is a psychologist and sexual health educator uh, here in Calgary, who specializes in working with uh, individuals and families and the LGBTQ community. And she is especially passionate about working with churches in those areas. So let's give a very warm Red Deer Lake welcome to Jillian Thompson. Thank you for coming. Do you need anything? Do your thing. Put this here. I don't know if I need it. Is it? Yeah, you can do that. Great. Perfect. Good morning. Thanks for the intro. <clears throat> Today's reflection is based off my personal experience and my professional experience. It's definitely not psychological advice. Um, instead, I'm hoping you'll hear this reflection as a challenge to participate, a challenge to reflect, and a challenge to grow. How often do we get to talk about sex? It's great. Um, Before we get started, a little introduction to me and why I like to talk about sex in the church. Um, I was raised by feminist atheists, so my way of rebelling was going to church, which is the opposite. Yeah. My mom wants me to change it that she's now agnostic, but that was how I was raised. At age 13, I was baptized into the United Church. Um, I've dabbled in almost every denomination from evangelical to Mennonite, Pentecostal to non-denominational, and somehow finally landed in the Anglican Church when somebody told me it's like liberal Catholicism. That's not. If you, all, if you know Anglicans, that's not. <laughs> this eclectic background informs much of what I do and why I talk about sex in the church. In all my experiences, I have found very few spaces that talk about sexuality in a positive way. Because I'll be talking about sex and sexuality, uh, please know that you may find yourself feeling uncomfortable or maybe even triggered. I hear that there's some red chairs out there that you can take a space if you need to, take a minute for yourself. But also know that there's lots of resources um, after the conversation for us to continue talking about this and spaces for you to talk about this, whatever may come up for you. We're currently in the season of Lent. And I love Lent, not just because of the chocolate bunny at the end of the tunnel, but because Lent forces us to slow down and to reflect. Lent is about reflecting on the resurrection to come. I know you've been listening to some series on and reflections on why we should care about social justice. And today I'll be talking about why we should care about sexuality in the church. I wonder if by show of hands, you could tell me how many of you heard sex talked about in church growing up. Oh, none. (laughs) All right. My next question is usually how many of you talked about sex in a positive way. So I'll come back to that. Um, It's my belief that church and its messages contribute to sexual violence and worse, sexual silence. Part of the work that I do is leading workshops in Christian spaces. And when I lead these workshops, I have people define both faith and sexuality. The definitions are often beautiful and complex, just like faith and sexuality. And often the definitions are very similar. When I ask people to define faith, they respond with believing in something we cannot see, something unknown, followed by faith is a place of hope, connection, mystery, identity, dysfunction. It can be a place of comfort, beliefs, life-giving, 
a place of guilt and shame, and a place of power. Amazingly, when I ask people to define sexuality, you get the same response, something you can't define. It can be a place of hope, connection, mystery, identity, dysfunction. It can be about comfort. It can be about beliefs, life-giving. It can be a place of guilt and shame and a place of power. These similarities begin a shift in the room and one that we're maybe feeling now, a shift realizing that faith and sexuality are not that different. Sadly, we often place sexuality and faith as two categories that are opposite. You are either a faithful person or a sexual person. You cannot be both. But as you can see, they're actually quite connected. I believe that this, is, this disconnection begins the dysfunction, and then our church language continues this narrative. So let's talk about how the church actually talks about sex, which is nothing. <laughs> uh, think about the church jargon you've heard about sex and sexuality. Some of my personal favorites include modest is hottest. Have you heard that before? It's from my evangelical days. <laughs> um, leave room for Jesus. Have you heard that one? Uh, T-shirts that say Jesus is my boyfriend. Okay. Here's some more common ones that maybe you've heard. No sex before marriage. Avoid sexual immorality. And true love waits. The problem with all this language is that even though it's catchy, we never really define it. What is sex? Sex for one person may be completely different for another person. And what happens if you have sex outside of those boundaries? That's also not defined. The other problem I see is that language is mostly directed towards women. There's a strong message for women to remain pure and that men can't control themselves. Much of a Christian woman's worth is put into her sexuality and her virginity. The other way that we talk about sex is by not talking about sex at all. And I believe that there are really strong messages when we're told not to talk about something. In my work, I see the consequences and the messages about sexuality from the Christian church every day, both the verbal and the nonverbal. The consequences I see are people who are carrying a lot of guilt and shame for the things they did or did not do, people who are struggling in their marriages or partnerships because they don't know how to talk about sex, people who struggle with being single because marriage is the end goal, people who have experienced sexual violence who feel unworthy of acceptance. I see isolation, trauma, misinformation, and people who feel like they don't belong in the church. And this is why I think the church should care about sex and sexuality, belonging. Let me tell you why I church hopped for so many years. When I was 13, I attended a Christian church where I was told that sex was only between a man and a woman. And growing up, I had so many people in my life that were in same-sex relationships, so this didn't make sense to me. When I was 16, my youth pastor told me the greatest gift that I could give my husband was my virginity. At age 22, I was told I could not be a feminist and a Christian because then I didn't believe in the Bible. In each and every one of these experience, experiences, and trust me, there's many more and they still happen, I felt silenced and like I didn't belong. I learned that to belong in the church, to belong, meant hiding pieces of me. And this was really distressing because coming to the church, I thought it was a place where everybody was supposed to belong. As a church, we need to have conversations about sex and sexuality. Every single one of you is a sexual being from the day that you're born until the day that you die, no matter if you're three or 100. 
okay? And if we're all sexual beings, that means sexuality is also a part of the body of Christ. Although sorting through these messages can be really hard, sorting through them can bring us to a better space within ourselves, our relationships with others, and our relationship with the church and God. Ask yourself, what messages do I know about sexuality and faith? What messages do I hold on to that maybe aren't helpful? And more important for our conversation during Lent, how do these messages stop me from showing love to others? If the message of church, the message of the resurrection, is one of love and acceptance for everyone, how am I doing this as a whole being, including my sexuality? I hope that today's reflection is the start of a conversation for you. My goal is to empower all people to talk about sexuality, no matter where they come from, what their story is. I want people to make informed decisions that they own. I know talking about this can be scary. I even heard some giggles this morning as people were reading the bulletin, talking about sex. (laughs) Can we still go? Uh, You're here. I'll leave you with this. Something really beautiful happens when we stop hiding people or pieces of ourselves. We lean into each other. We engage in genuine belonging, connection, and genuine relationship. And I like to think that that's what the resurrection is about, belonging. Thank you. Thank you.